This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Ontario Finance Minister Rod Phillips will be tabling his budget in a few hours. He's promising no tax hikes and some details on how we are going to pay for the fallout from this pandemic, as well as more info on promises like guaranteeing four hours of care per resident per day in long-term care. So here to help us get a sense of what it means for taxpayers, Bob Richardson, a liberal strategist and senior counsel to national public relations, and Jason Leader, conservative strategist and president at Enterprise. And hey, guys, but before we get to them, let me give the numbers out again. If uh, people, if you have a wish list or if you have a comment about this, 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And let's begin with Jason. And I have to say, you know, uh, they're doing one better than the federal government by actually tabling a budget. (laughs) You got to make the point before I did, Libby. Uh, It's uh, it's great. This parliament and accountability, it's something the feds aren't that interested in. But, you know, Ontario is going to do something different. Listen, I I think you're going to see, you know, Mr. Phillips, I think, telegraphed a lot of us here this morning. Uh, You know, two months ago, three months ago, they were going to bring in a full budget this fall. when the second wave sort of got a little hotter and out of control, they definitely scaled things back and focused more on the healthcare side rather than the recovery side, which I think would have been a little out of touch. I think that was a really good decision. So it looks like to me there, there's going to be some help for the tourism industry today. There's going to be um, some help for some targeted groups, specifically seniors and um, and caregivers. And there, it looks to me like there's going to be a pretty broad and big healthcare play, which I think catches the mood right. Um, and I'm not going to make fun of the feds anymore for not bringing in a budget, Bob. I know you're a little, you'll be a little, you know, testy on that. So I'm not going to make too much fun of them for that. Okay, Bob, uh, you respond. Not testy at all. In fact, I completely agree with you guys. Uh, I think there should have been uh, a much clearer fiscal update in Ottawa by now. And there hasn't been, I think that's a mistake. Uh, I know they've changed finance ministers, but you can only run with that so long. And I, I think it's time that we get a much clearer uh, sense of where we are fiscally in Ottawa. So kudos to uh, Rod Phillips and the Ontario government for going ahead with a budget. Uh, much like Jason, I think it'll focus heavily on health and COVID, on some economic development stuff, on getting uh, on uh, reopening the economy, particularly in the tourism sector, I think. Um, general support for Ontarians. And I think it's great that they are going to give us a fiscal update. I think it's important for all the countries or all the uh, provinces across the country to do that and for the federal government to do that so we get a much better sense and picture of where we're at today. Now, here's one of the things that that leaves me scratching my head, that when the provincial government offers 
help to people, whatever it is, it usually relies on money from the federal government. And there have been some cases where they announce it way in advance, and then you check back months later, and, and the money actually hasn't been handed out. And they say, well, we didn't, we didn't, it didn't flow from the federal government. So does that make it easier for them to claim that, that, that they're doing all kinds of stuff to help us out if a lot of it is, is federal money? Um, I'll, I'll take a crack at this, Libby. And, uh, so there's going to be always some partisan sniping back and forth, most of the caucuses rather than at the executive level of these two governments. I, I would say this, um, both governments are running historic, uh, like deficits that are in the quantum that we can't even <clears throat> imagine, uh, or we couldn't have imagined months ago. And so like this idea that, um, you know, I've heard some of this talk where, oh, all of the money that you're getting is federal money. You know, Doug Ford's not doing enough or, or vice versa, frankly. It's, it, I, I find it to be just a weird, uh, you know, criticism, frankly, from, from people out there because Ontario is going to have the biggest deficit in, in Ontario history by a factor of, you know, a couple. Ontario, federally, it's, it's, it's way higher than it's ever been. There is some difficulty, I think, in negotiating some of these federal and provincial arrangements, but I would say this, and I think this goes across cross party lines. The feds and the provinces have done an incredible job of partnership, one that I didn't think was possible with this, like, seven conservative governments and provinces and when the federal liberal government and a lot of sniping before this, frankly, I'm shocked that they've been as effective as they have been able. Okay. Well, that's a, a, a good sign, I guess. Uh, so one of the things uh, we here are very interested in long-term care. And this week we had this announcement that, that there, there's going to be four hours of care for each resident, something which all the stakeholders have been calling for for a very long time, but it's not going to happen for four years. And, you know, sometimes I call me cynical, but I'm kind of wondering, this announcement, and hopefully we get an idea of how it's going to be paid for, because it involves a lot of of people being hired, uh, you know, is that happening, perhaps, to distract from the fact that there isn't a lot happening now to protect long-term care from the second wave. And we've started to see some very bad numbers in long-term care. Uh, Bob, your view. Well, look, the, the long-term care situation is one that's been going on for years. I don't think any government is covered in glory on this issue, including the present government, who wasted their first year in office actually lowering standards, not raising standards in long-term care, and quite frankly, preceding governments before it, both Liberal and, and NDP uh, have uh, could have done a better job on a whole variety of items too as well. So that being said, it needs to be treated almost specially here, and it needs to be done on a much more rapid basis. The Premier said he wanted to put kind of, what was it, an iron wall around, uh, around the... Uh, an iron ring. An, our, an iron ring. Uh, we see no iron ring, and we've not seen a lot of activity on uh, uh, on on really getting things done quickly. So, uh, other than other than during the period of time when the army had to come in, so I think it's an area that needs urgent work. 
I will be I will be candid and say I think it's also an area that requires an experienced minister who's operational who can get things done. I don't think they have that person in place at the moment, and I think they also need to empower some of the bureaucrats there to be able to move quickly to make decisions on procurement, on a whole on hirings, on a whole variety of things in order to get things done on a much faster basis. Because uh, 80% of our deaths have come uh, in COVID from long-term care homes. There is a huge uh, a requirement to get this done, and it needs to, needs to be done in as fast and as nonpartisan a way as you can. Jason, uh, Bob uh, flagged the issue of the minister, Marilee Fullerton. A lot of people are just shaking their heads and wondering, how is it that she has a job still? <laughs> <laughs> and please explain. On it. Um, uh, it's a tough gig. Um, first well, of all, that, sure, that, ministry, hey. that ministry is not well-resourced, and it's not set up to, to speed. And that's been a problem under, 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 under both governments. I will say, um, you know, I, I try to stay away from the, the partisanship, but long-term care is one of those ones where I, I really have a hard time, you know. We had we had we had fifteen years of, of liberal government. They no, 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 nobody, uh, nobody is arguing that. But uh, first of all, there comes a point when that's not much of an excuse anymore. And and second of all, agreed. during the first wave, which was just so devastating, we had the premier getting up and getting angry and swearing that that there would be an iron ring and no stone would be unturned and and she sounds like she's going to cry every time she gets up on her feet and talks about it and and they've had these months to prepare and if they've done anything they certainly haven't communicated it and the numbers are going up yeah well i mean who's responsible the iron ring though i mean let's let's talk about this for a second if you want to put an iron ring around uh, around long-term care facilities, you have to shut people out from seeing their their families. So, so you know, COVID is exists in Ontario, and it's going to exist. It looks like to me for you know twelve to twenty-four more months. So, if you really want to keep it out of long-term care homes, uh, you're going to stop sort of ninety and eighty to ninety-year-old people from seeing their families in any way, shape, or form. Other that's than outside. not that. That's not the case. I mean, we have on, had the first, the worst record in the entire Western world. So I, I'm just saying responsibility. There was a promise made that that things would be different going well, into the I, second I, I wave. Think, I think things. I think things. Like, first of all, in terms of in terms of the number of deaths in long-term care facilities. Nowhere near the worst record in the Western world. Absolutely, we do. When people say we had the highest proportion of deaths, because that's because we hardly had anybody die outside of long-term care facilities. But I understand your point. I'm actually trying to agree with you. Which okay, is, okay. Which is we 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 have to be better, um, and 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 the the system has to be better. Um, uh, and I, I I really do think. I mean, uh, you know, I think this is a big this is a big concern. So I think the four hours of care is a smart idea. I think I think the but if it is in communities. I, I will say, like, our most vulnerable are very vulnerable. Those are people in long-term care facilities. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't see easy solutions other than, other than how do you keep the virus out of, out of, out of these homes if you've got people going in and out of them? I just, I don't see it as, 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 as like, we can't have zero caseloads in the, in those places. That said, I think you're absolutely right. The minister has to be a little bit better. The, 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 the civil service needs to be a little bit better. I think Bob was right on that. Um, and, and I think you need the resources and I'm hoping today's budget, uh, provides enough. And I do think that they're going to 
we would make a big commitment today on increasing the number of beds available. But as you go, you can't build those beds overnight. And, and we're, we're at a big deficit because of the last 15, 20 years. Uh, yeah, well, th- that's true. Now, Bob, uh, you know, as, as an outsider, give me an idea. Do you have a theory about why she is still in her job? Look, I don't know, I and I haven't kept a close enough eye on it. I do know because I've been involved heavily in the sector uh, before. She was the Minister of Colleges and Universities and was not a great Minister of Colleges and Universities. This may be a, a very bright person. Uh, I think she's a doctor or a dentist. Yep, she's a doctor, uh, I think. Uh, but I think it's her first time in politics, uh, in elected office, and I think um, this is a very big task. And I think it probably requires somebody who's uh, been around the block a few times and knows and understands governments and bureaucracies and how to get things done and also has a li- maybe a little bit, dare I say it, since she's a doctor, a little bit of a better bedside manner. So, you know, I think I think this is going to be an important problem. It's not going in anywhere for the next uh, two, three, four, five years. And I think it requires somebody with a greater degree of experience uh, in the public sector to be dealing with it. Okay, well, I still don't have an answer. Why is she there then? But uh, <laughs> I guess uh, all all will unfold in time. Uh, any idea of what our deficit is going to look like? I think it's going to be just short of 40. I think it's going to be around 40. So, um, yeah, to your point, you know, we used to argue uh, you know, about whether it was, you know, five or seven or eight was too much or, you know, these kinds of things. It's, it's you know, federally we're at 400 or then change or something, provincially 40. Like we're talking about numbers that are beyond the imagination almost. And so, uh, you know, it's just that. Uh, yeah. Now, I, happened, so- I happened to be talking to the former finance minister, uh, Charles Souza, the other day. And he was chuckling, saying this is going to make him look like he's a member of the uh, Canadian Taxpayers Federation. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good one. Everybody has their handout, and there's an appetite for people to be helped. We've got small business saying, ah, we need more help. Uh, Jason, you said you think the tourism industry is, uh, is, is going to get some help. We have... Uh, all kinds of uh, rent help that some of it effective or not. So how is that going to, to work out? I mean, is, is everybody going to get a little bit or uh, are, are there going to be some key targets, Bob? I, I think there'll be some key targets. I think they're quite worried about the tourism sector. And uh, that's obviously one. They're obviously uh, concerned about the restaurant sector. There's obviously going to be a, a lot of money put into COVID, uh, long-term scare, uh, care, making sure that we have proper resources for schools. Um, you know, I, I think uh, through through some of the, uh, the federal support, it's already been signaled where some of this money will go. Um, I don't anticipate that they will raise taxes in this budget, given the economic uh, circumstances we find ourselves in. So I think it's it's fairly straightforward. And I think it sounds like they'll be pretty much doing the things that we expect them to do. Okay, yeah, we're basically out of time. So I'm going to give the last word to Jason. Targeted help. Uh, I think the broad-based help will come in the spring when hopefully, fingers crossed, right, we've turned the corner. I think there'll be a little bit more in terms of the tax changes that they might be thinking about, some of the broad-based help. But the thing is, you can't, I, I know governments at both sides are struggling with this federally and provincially. You can't save 
the tourism, the hospitality, the restaurant sector, all of that kind of stuff. There's no one silver bullet that's going to make those things happen. So I think governments are a little frustrated that they're, they can't really do that kind of stuff right now. So I think it's going to be as targeted as, as they could possibly get it. Okay, well, uh, people stay tuned because we will have all the details as soon as they come down shortly after 4 o'clock. And thank you so much, Bob Richardson and Jason Leader. Thanks for so much. Thanks uh- for having us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.